on today's episode of Gathering the Kings. At the time, we had, I don't know, 40 employees. And when you really want to, I have a limited amount of time I'm at work. So there's got to be some strategy to focus my efforts, right? Where I can allocate four hours a day and really compartmentalize that time. And here's the exact activities. There's freedom in routine, right? If I know I'm walking in and I've got these three hours dedicated to these four items, then I just go and bust it out. I don't have to, I'm not stressed out like, oh, what am I going to do today? And then, then you cloud your life with busy work. You That's go right. in, you execute the strategy, and you move on. You are listening to Gathering the Kings with Chaz Wolf, featuring fellow seven, eight, and even nine-figure business owners who have real battle scars from business and life, but have prevailed as the king that they are designed to be. We welcome high-performing entrepreneurs to the stage in order to reveal the real of the real on what it takes to build a successful business today. We dissect the good and bad decisions they've made along the way that give a true and accurate picture of the journey of success and how you too can get there. Through this dialogue, you will learn the value of growing your network and surrounding yourself with power players and kings like today's guest. Grab your pen and notebook because we're about to dive in. What's up, everybody? Chaz Wolf. I'm your host, Gathering the Kings podcast. Today, I've got Matt Walker on the King stage. My brother, how are you? I'm doing excellent, man. How are you? You know, I'm good. In fact, I was just thinking uh, how much better I could be if I was in your neck of the woods in San Diego. Beautiful there, I assume. Well, a little dreary today, but you know, 70 degrees. So we, yeah. uh, we, we take our licks. You know, every, every, a cold winter here is like, you know, 45. So yeah, well, you know, we're pretty lucky. Yeah, those are the, 45 will bring bring a jacket out or two, yeah. I bet, uh, in your neck of the woods. Um, but in all seriousness, appreciate you being here. Um, you know, regardless of the sunshine, uh, we can still be friends. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Great. What kind of business do you have, Matt? Or or what, what business is? Yeah. I have three companies that I own. Okay. And I just assumed a COO role for a new company. So I've got four okay. things going on. Uh, yeah, all well. very different all pretty interesting. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm happy to, to dive into each one of them. Yeah. Give us, give us high level on all okay. four. Tell us what industries you're in at least. Okay. First one is a real estate company. We, we are land wholesalers, buy and sell land, uh, mainly in Washington and Florida. Second one is a uh, hair transplant company, which is hilarious because I'm a bald guy. Wow. I, <laughs> I legitimately own a hair transplant company. I um, love it. You're clearly not a client. <laughs> We won't get too deep into that, but it's not a fit for everybody, you know. Got it. Okay, makes sense. Um, and then a company I just acquired this year is a specialty paper manufacturing company, so high-end, wow. eco-friendly, sustainable paper. Love it. Uh, and then I just started as a uh, COO role, worked myself into an equity position uh, for a um, a sports accoutrement company, if you will. It's uh, skins for helmets, so to change the wow. look of a football, baseball, softball helmet quickly. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um. I mean, I don't think those four industries could be uh, more different. They make no um, sense together, right? <laughs> well, to, to the person listening, I bet. But right. I bet you there's some, there's some rhymes and reasons to your skill sets of, of why they, they make sense for you. I feel the same way. I've had a lot of people over the years, you know, for like right now, they peer in, they go, okay, well, you've had some edible arrangements franchises. You've got several real estate companies and you, you have a mastermind group and you have a podcast. I'd, <laughs> how, help me understand, you know, what are you doing? And, uh, and I think, and I want you to talk about this a little bit because most entrepreneurs have one, right? And I think that that's actually probably phenomenal advice for most. Um, there's a little different mindset 
um, when you're in different industries, um, maybe not necessarily building, but, but higher level thinking. So um, I want to get into all of that. Um, but before we do, <clears throat> what's, what is that peak for you? Like what, why, why these businesses, why are they together? What's the bigger picture for you? What's your, why, what's your motivation? Why are you doing all this? Sure. Um, why these businesses? Well, they fit a criteria. Um, the, the businesses, uh, I, I acquired them. Um, so, and we can talk about my decision matrix later, but I, I have a specific criteria I'm looking for in a business when I acquire it. Retiring owner, drop an X amount to the bottom line, X number of years in service. Um, and then I, my model is I install an operator. So I go recruit an operator who has experience in the space. I install them as the operator of that business, show them a path to equity and a salary. Uh, and then I just step back more of a board strategic role and manage the operator. Right. Um, so once they get running, like the hair business, I, I spend, I don't know, two or three hours a week on that. Right. Um, so it frees up a lot of extra time to do other stuff. And it's just, it's just kicking off cash flow at this point. Yeah. Um, so that's the goal. That's why those businesses together, because they fit a model. They fit yep. that, uh, that criteria that I set out. Uh, my why, man, I wish I had some fantastic answer for you. Um, it's mostly, I, I want happiness in my life. I want time and happiness. Yeah. Um, I'm in EO. We talk a lot about, um, you know, time is our primary commodity. Right. Um, we, we use the reference a lot that you, when you're on your deathbed, you're not going to look back and be like, man, I wish I would have worked harder. I wish I would have spent more time at work. I wish I would have gotten that contract. That's right. not going to be what you're saying at that, at those times. So whatever I can do to generate enough income for me to have a good life and to free up my time to spend yeah. time doing what I want to do, playing golf, hanging out with my kids, traveling. That's yeah. what, that's my purpose. Yeah. I think that, uh, I think it's a phenomenal answer. I think that we, we all have something similar. I think that most entrepreneurs have something similar because freedom is what you've basically described. Freedom of choice, freedom of time, um, you know, freedom, uh, in, in your finance. And Absolutely. so I think that uh, the, the route that you've chosen is to fill up your pool with mo multiple hoses. At least that's what I've said about myself. Yeah. You know, I think I can fill up the pool a whole lot faster um, with multiple hoses. And, uh, and I like your model. Um, it's something similar to what I've done. I think back, um, one of my questions inside of uh, Gathering the Kings is, if you only had one hour each week to work on your business, how would you do it? And, uh, and so I think for you to be able to put yourself in the position where you've only got a couple of hours each week to work on the business, um, there's other ways for the business to grow, run, and operate, and and uh, you've figured that one out. So I definitely want to get into some of that because um, to replicate that, to not only just do it once, but to do it, you know, multiple times, and then to you know show other people how to do it, is uh, is pretty incredible. Yeah, thank you. Tell me, tell me your entrepreneurial journey. Like how how did business and Matt meet? Yeah, it's um, I. I really shouldn't even be sitting here with you, to be honest. I spent the better part of my life um, pursuing flying jets. Uh, I was wow. in the Air Force for 12 years. Um, Thank you for I, your service. Yeah, I appreciate that. Um, yeah. I, I enlisted in the Air Force out of high school, and I, I knew I wanted to fly jets. I just didn't have the grades to get into college. Um, sure. So I joined, um, took some classes, ended up getting a scholarship to a, a school called Embry-Riddle. It's an aeronautical university. It's the second highest producer of Air Force pilots to the Air Force Academy. Wow. Um, so I went there. Did really well, accelerated, uh, got a fighter slot out of college, top 2% nationwide. Um, went to pilot training. I play softball. I'm a, I'm a sports guy. I got hit in the head with a softball, running to first base, overthrow, hit me in the head. Man. So not that big of a deal at the time, you know. Right, injury, right. 
Um, my brain was a little swollen, but what happened was I started transposing numbers and words, mm. uh, kind of like injury induced dyslexia, if you will. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of a long backstory, but I was ultimately medically disqualified from flying, which was devastating. I mean, yeah. uh, you spend, you know, a decade or more pursuing something at the highest level and it gets taken away from you. Yeah. Um, so what do you do next? I'm like, man, I'm, I'm lost. Yeah. Um, so I just, I kind of took stock of myself. I, the air force sent me to grad school down here in San Diego. I got my MBA down here. Um, and I, right out of grad school, I was like, I'm going to start a company. I'm just going to, I'm going to build a business. Yeah. And, um, I mean, that was, that was it that, that I, I couldn't, I'm, I'm a terrible employee. I'm not, I'm not, <laughs> I'm, I'm damn near unemployable. So I was like, I've got to start my own business. And I did that out of grad school and we grew it to be one of the largest just uh, digital marketing agencies here in San Diego. Wow. And we sold that in 2016. I exited that position in 2016. And that was my only thing going for yeah. 10 years. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of the backstory. I, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't slinging gumballs and other stuff in, in elementary school. I, sure, yeah. I had a dream to fly jets. <laughs> you know, that, yeah. that was my dream. I mean, <clears throat> I mean, what a, what a, what a definiteness of purpose, right? Like you thought that this is the, I'm doing this, you know, and, and soul focus and, hours upon hours in mastery uh to get there and to have that switched up How, like was it just because you you thought yourself unemployable or was it just the back of your mind i'm just kind of entrepreneurial i'm creative like why why i'm gonna start a business like how did that come to you <laughs> yeah um frankly it's it was about the money and freedom you know and, and, and that sounds shallow i know that does in a certain way um but at, we all start there i took a job out of grad school and I couldn't stand it. I hated it. I hated everything I was doing. I didn't like the people I was working around. I didn't like my boss. And I've like, I've got to go carve my own path. And I felt fully capable of going and starting a business. Yeah. Um, and I had a fortunate uh, investment payoff that allowed me, kind of bought me three or four years of runway. So quit my job. And um, I had a friend selling SEO services. He's like, dude, you got to get into this, this digital marketing game. And so I went and I contacted the only guy I knew from grad school who was a computer geek, if you will. Yeah. And I said, hey, do you want to start a company together? And he's like, done. So within two <laughs> days, we had 10,000 bucks in a bank account. We picked out a domain. We built a website and we were off and running. And then, you know, phones didn't ring. <laughs> right. So um, it, it was it was a tough couple of years getting that started. But um, sure. it, it was more out of, you know, just me not wanting to be under a boss and have some set cap on on my income i wanted i wanted yeah. to, to set my own limits yeah exactly i think every every listener can can relate to that it's just a matter of kind of whatever that grows into that eventually we have to get to that place of what does that actually mean right like you said even if it's just golf spending time with your kids choosing to do whatever you want to do like you've got to define that um because otherwise it's just money and and that that you can you can make right. a lot of that pretty quickly and then that that doesn't suffice any longer um okay so Along the way, what I want to know, and use any of these businesses as an example, or maybe even multiple, but I want to know of a, of a, of a good decision that you could share early on in a business that would be applicable for the listener to say, okay, that's really good. I'm going to write that down. I'm going to go implement that. I think the most trends, so I'll, I'll go back to my digital marketing company because we had a, we had a lot of uh, non-success early on, and sure. then there was a point where it turned. Um. I brought on a consultant and he, he, a, a random guy sent me a letter in the mail 
and said, hey, I'm a consultant. I do this. I want to meet with you. And so I brought him in. I was like, oh, sure, I'll give this guy a chance. Super impressed with them. Very uh, EQ, if you will. Yeah. Very understanding. And I'm more of the on the IQ side, more logical. And I have a hard time empathizing with certain situations. Um, brought him in. And what he broke down for me in that hour like, blew my mind. Um, he was like, he's like, tell me what your daily tasks are. He, and I, I told him my daily tasks were. And a lot of them were back office stuff. I was yeah. you know, accounting and answering emails, stuff like that. He goes, he's like, dude, these are $15 an hour activities. He's like, where you need to be is, is doing these strategic things, channel partner development, other growth activities, these two, three, $10,000 an hour activities. Yep. So when I really shed those small tasks off my plate, we hired, a, we hired our office, office manager, office admin, if you will, to come in and take all this stuff off my plate. I then was focused solely on, call it 90% of my time, strategic activities, yep. mostly channel partner development. Yep. And our business boomed for over like a two-year period. Wow. Um, so that was probably just me answering this. I normally throw cold letters and emails and phone calls away, but just me answering that guy's cold letter and inviting my office, that conversation really changed yeah. the trajectory of our business. Yeah, the, of your future. Right. Because you being able to exit that has given you um, a runway, right? Uh, wow. Attachment to everything else. Okay. So, what I'm hearing you say as a summary that the listener right now is probably busy being busy. Right. And uh, what they really need to focus 90% of their effort on, if they're not a million bucks in revenue, which they're not, that's why they're listening, is on revenue generating activities. <laughs> I mean, I, my, my two CEOs that run my companies, I, I, I want at least 50 to 6% of their time focused on, on revenue generating activities, sales, channel partner development, partner development. And when I say channel partner development, what I'm talking about is, uh, for example, in the digital marketing space, we would go after, call it web design agencies or PR marketing firms. So people who had different skill sets than us that were not competitive to us, but had the same clients. Sure. So you go make one sale one time to the owner of that company, build a relationship with them, and then you start cross-referring. Right. And so all of a sudden we were getting, you know, without any SEO, pay-per-click, social media, we were getting, you know, 5, 10, 15 clients a month referred into us through solid channel partners. And our yeah. revenue just exploded. It was yeah. incredible. Yeah, th there's, a, there's three leverage points that we talk about inside Gathering the Kings uh, Mastermind, and one of them is leveraging key relationships. And um, that's in essence what what this breaks down to. It obviously has multiple offshoots. Specifically, you're talking about revenue generating relationships. They're all revenue generating relationships, but those are pretty specific. Like I'm going after this specific company because I know their part, their clients and my clients align. I can help their clients if they refer over. It's benefit to both of us. It adds value to them. It adds value to us. Um, very strategic and um, often gets missed because no. we're busy. It's like the relationships get kind of like, oh, kumbaya, I'll, I'll catch up with those guys later. But relationships are everything. Yeah. Well, even furthermore, like it's not just, you know, hey, I'm going to reach out to this guy over here. We built an entire playbook. We scripted out every single email, LinkedIn connection, phone call. We headed off their, their objections. We scripted out how, how the first meeting is going to go, how the second meeting is going to go. And then we just go execute the playbook. And then we have metrics yeah. to back up. Okay, I reached out to 20 people this week and I got five phone calls and these phone calls turned into these meetings and we reported on those internally. So it was, there was a whole thought process that went behind. It was very strategic, just even getting to that strategic relationship. Yeah. Which is yeah, super important. Um, 
Which is, it is. And I'm, I'm just thinking of, you know, uh, you mentioned IQ and EQ earlier. And, and the reality is that most business owners are jump first, think later, um, <laughs> which is fine. Like that's why they're in business. And so thank goodness they were willing to take the risk and, and not calculate all of the, um, you know, negative issues. But there does come a, um, a point where strategy, what you're talking about, is, is the catapult or it's the next lever that you pull. You can't just jump. Being willing to jump, one thing, fantastic. But at some point, the strategy before you jump, um, it becomes equally as important. And, and that's what I'm hearing you say. Do you want to add anything to that? Well, in you know, I, I appreciate what you said. And I'm certainly, even today, I'm guilty of just going out and pushing stuff out there before a real strategy. And, you know, sometimes it's necessary. Just get stuff out there, right? That's right. Yep. Um, so nothing really else to add, but you know, when you, when you really want to, you know, at the time we had, I don't know, 40 employees and when you really want to, I have a limited amount of time I'm at work. So there's gotta be some strategy to focus my efforts, right. Where I can allocate four hours a day and really compartmentalize that time. And here's the exact activities. There's, yeah. there's freedom in routine, right? Yeah. If I know I'm walking in and I've got these three hours dedicated to these four items, then I just go and bust it out. I don't have to, I'm not stressed out like, oh, what am I going to do today? And then, then you cloud your life with busy work. You That's go right. in, you execute the strategy and you move on. Yeah. Um, dwindled all the way down, you know, simplifying all of that. I mean, this is just so good. This, this un, it unwinds just the confused mind, the gray, the like, the, uh, you know, that we go through in business or before we realize this, this, um, this understanding that you're trying to give to us. For me, step one was even like my calendar, like you're talking about not only putting the things on the calendar, like you're, like you're blocking out this four hours for these three things, but then looking at my calendar, <laughs> that sounds so basic and simple, but looking at your calendar, not like right this second as it starts to happen, but like maybe yesterday or maybe on Sunday, you, br you brief the week. You're not only did you do it, but then you're, you're just thinking ahead. And uh, that sounds so simple, but I, it was, I've seen that be a game changer in business owners, especially guys that are out in a field like literally outside working or building a business where they're not in front of a computer or, you know, on their phone all day long and where it's just much more difficult to follow uh, a structure, but it's an absolute, you know, technician hat versus an owner hat all day long. Okay. Let's flip the coin. What about, what about a bad choice? What, what have you done that just has not worked out that we can, that we can learn from? Um, my, my single, my, my probably single worst choice in business was um, towards the end of my digital marketing company, uh, I organized a buyout of my business partner. I brought a private equity group in to buy my business partner out. I was 51% owner. He was 49. Um, what preceded that, though, was we were going to sell our company to a, a decent-sized company up in San Francisco. We had a, a we were at the altar. We had our purchase agreement, my employment agreement signed and ready to execute. I seriously left them the day before money was going into escrow to go this other path. Wow. Subsequently, that company got gobbled up by a much larger company and that would have been a 15, $20 million payout for me wow. on that second bite of the apple. The choice I made to bring this private equity group in, personal friend of mine, was a personal friend of mine, um, it was great for a year and then it went south and um, I ended up getting a lot less money 
than than I would have gotten. And uh, you know, money comes and goes, but I, I look back at that decision and I felt I was kind of pressured into it through the personal relationship, and I didn't want to disappoint him. Yeah. And um, I should have gone with my gut and executed the other deal like I had been doing for the past eight months working on this deal. Right. Um, and so we're looking back on that. It's kind of heartbreaking to be honest with you, because there is that, that cash and that, that decision would have been extremely lucrative for myself and my family. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really easy to play the what if game. Yeah. Um, it's uh and you know, it's not, not that you don't want to play it because you want to feel that like, and, and so that way we learn from it. Um, but what, what are your thoughts on, on, um, obviously that was a while ago. Do you kick yourself for that still? Or have you, have you kicked that feeling to the curb of like, okay, it is what it is and it's done. And I can't, I can't reminisce in that any longer. Well, I'll tell you what, Chaz, um, when I look back on that, like all these things are kind of fortuitous, right? Getting hit, hit and head with a softball, not flying jets, um, not selling that company and my mindset now, um, I was, all I cared about was an exit back then. That's all I cared about. I'm going to go get my 10 or 20 million bucks and I'm going to be done. I, you know, I can have a few money. I don't need to, I don't need to worry about anybody anymore. Um, but what would I sacrifice for that? Well, my health, my family life, um, you see pictures of me back then I was 240 pounds wow. and just working all the time, you know, 60, 80 hour weeks. It was brutal. Uh, and I didn't like my business. It was super stressful. Um, so now I'm, I'm pursuing what we talked about earlier, time, happiness, cash flow. Uh, I'm no longer, I don't really care about an exit. I want to make X amount per month that frees up my time to do what I really enjoy. Yeah. Um, so that, that kind of epiphany that came out of that, you know, you, what, what do they say? You never, you never lose, you only learn. So I've That's learned right. a lot through that process. Yeah, um, of course. So I'm, I feel fortunate you know, get, you get kicked around a little bit, but what do we do? <laughs> you, you come back and, and you build something else. Yeah, you're right. I, I love the word fortunate there because there's one thing to um, <clears throat> look at a scenario, recognize that it was a, maybe a bad choice or that you could have done something differently. And then there's another thing to learn from it, but then there's another level to be thankful for it, to have fact actually believe that even though it maybe <laughs> if you had to do it again, you wouldn't make the same choice, but <laughs> what you've learned has actually given you something greater, um, which that's the fortunate part. And so it's like, man, that is all mindset. Yeah. How did, how have you gotten that piece? Was it just the fed upness of the health and the time, or was there, was there a, a moment in time that you can share on the mindset piece? Well, the mindset, um, I, I mentioned earlier, I'm an EO and these are some of my closest friends. I mostly hang around with other entrepreneurs. These are all high level guys high level people. Um, we talk a lot about mindset and, um, thankfulness and positivity. Um, when I left that company, I was devastated. You know, when I, when I got kind of kicked out of my own company, my company kind of got stolen from me, to be honest with you. Um, I was pretty devastated for a while and it caused you to reflect. So I I was like, I took a step back, said, okay, I've got some cash. What can I control? Well, I can control my time and my health right now. So I just really focused on getting back in shape eating healthy, you know, and, and feeling more positive about myself. Yeah. And then, but it took a couple of years to kind of get through this cycle where I then started, okay, well, I'm going to focus on these activities. Now I'm going to start this company, you know, wholesaling land, and I'm going to go acquire companies because I know how to do that. Um, so there's not like one day I woke up and like this big epiphany, but it was more of like a process and support from P 
people who've been through similar situations before yeah. and, you know, controlling what I can control. I can't control that stuff that happened yesterday. It's gone, right? It's what I can control right now and moving forward. Yeah. Such good, thick, ripe mindset. Love it. <laughs> what, what's your process or what are the steps that you follow making decisions now with the new mindset? And, um, I wish I had a really good answer for you. A lot of it's based on gut feel. Sure. Um, you know, there's, I have a decision matrix for, um, you know, how I hire an operator to come into my company. Sure. Uh, I, have a, I have a very strict process, which I teach to people. I've been in, invited to, to conferences and I, I, I outline my process for recruiting a high level A player. Um, and there's a whole decision-making process through that. And there's kind of tests and, 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 and trip ups and, and other stuff that kind of, you got a funnel and at the end, one or two people get spit out. Right. Um, so there's a lot of decisions in that. And I'm more of a process guy. I write this stuff down and go execute these, these little like, you know, minute steps, if you will, that's just how my brain works. Right. Um, for uh, a lot of decisions I make, I'll, I'll set a criteria and then anything that doesn't fit that criteria is immediately out. You've heard that term. It's either, if it's not a hell yes, it's a no. Right. So same thing with, you know, the, the t-shirts that I put on every day. I, almost all my t-shirts are plain blue shirts. I don't want to spend five minutes in there figuring out my outfit. I go in there, grab a shirt, throw it on, I'm out the door. Right. I don't waste any time on little minutia like that. That's right. Um, so I, I don't have a great answer for like, oh, you know, I've got this, this, you know, incredible, you know, decision-making process. I have many decision-making process depending on the subject at hand, if that makes yeah. any sense. Oh, it does. It does. I mean, I guess the reality of the question is that I'm a process guy. And so that natural, that question comes natural to me. <clears throat> I would say that most entrepreneurs aren't necessarily process guys. Most entrepreneurs are jump first, figure out the rest later, which is, <laughs> which is great. Um, there's a level to both you and I that are like, like that, but we're obviously a little bit more process driven. And so uh, that benefit, even though in this moment you're saying it's gut, it, it, it comes from frameworks that you've created yes. that give you confidence as well as you've done it multiple times over now you being a process guy, what you've done in that you've just created frameworks for each one of these types of decisions. Um, and so maybe it's not one overarching process. Maybe your overarching process is to refer to the framework Great that framework. you are. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, so um, I think that's probably just as encouraging as, as anything else, because the listener listening right now is, you know, they're all over the place. Um, maybe not necessarily unorganized, but they're just doing a lot. They're busy being busy. Like we talked about. And wearing a lot of hats, probably working a bunch like you were, probably even on the on the edge of burnout like you were, and all these things that you just described. And um, a lot of decisions are coming at them, and they don't know how to handle it because they haven't they haven't created frameworks, they haven't thought ahead and gone, okay, so when this comes to my table, this is how I act. So I think all this has just been incredible. You've been been uh, phenomenal so far. I want to switch to the speed round. The first question in the speed round. This is gonna be interesting because you've got so many different um, so many different businesses. If you could only track one metric, this is the question, what would that one metric be? Forever and ever, you can only pick one. <laughs> um, man, it depends on the type of business, but um, I, I've got to go with a, a cost per acquisition number. Yeah. You know, if you're not acquiring customers at something that is quantifiably profitable, right. then it's a losing proposition. It's good. Cost per acquisition. Cost per acquisition. How does a guy who hasn't hit his first million, who's probably working off a of word of mouth and just, you know, making it happen, 
how does he dial in just real quick since you've done this and you also ran an agency uh, just give us a 60 second on that you've got to understand where your marketing dollars are going you've got to understand where um, your leads are coming from and how you convert those leads so you know, you've got, you pay for traffic to hit your website. How many of those convert? What channels are they coming from? How much do these those channels cost? And when I get one conversion, what is my average value of a customer? And then you back into a cost per acquisition. And, you know, if you're spending 400 bucks to acquire a client, your average, average, you know, client uh, revenue is 1500 or 2000 bucks. That could be a good model. Yeah. Um, I see a lot of e-commerce companies that, you know, they, they're upside down and, and they're building that, they want that lifetime value of that customer. Right. So the cost per acquisition is more than the first year they're going to they're make from that customer, but they know they're going to have that customer for five years. Right. Uh, so you, you've got to really understand what each customer is worth to you. Yeah. On average, it's hard. To, it's hard to distill it down to every single customer. If you've got one product, that's easy. But if you've got a service based business and the price points are all over the board, uh, you, you got to work on averages. But you got you to know your traffic sources and, and what you're paying. And that's really difficult to, to do in, in digital marketing. Yeah, hundred percent. Especially to nail it down to, to specifically where it's coming from, like you said. Quick question on this because I heard this on a podcast maybe this week or last. I can't remember, but the guy that was talking um, was talking about you know the cost per acquisition um, and then comparing it to the LTV. But in the LTV, he 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 broke down the gross, not the not or sorry the net, not the gross. Um, and because for example, it cost me two hundred dollars to get a new client. That client's worth a thousand dollars to me. But really, after all my expenses, he's only worth $100 to me net profit. So that it's costing me $200 to acquire $100. That's actually a, yeah. losing, that's actually a losing math equation. Most business owners who we are even tracking are using the full LTV as opposed to the net. What, what are your thoughts there? Yeah. I mean, what, what do they say? You know, uh, top line is, is vanity, bottom line is sanity, something like that. Right. Um, right. You know, a lot of people get caught up in that top line number. And I, I know guys who have $10 million companies and they're, you know, they're making, they're making 200 grand to themselves. Right. Um, so absolutely bottom line is, is the most important number you could track, but you can't get there unless you know the, the previous numbers, you've got to control your expenses. You've got to, you've got to get your gross margin to, to where it needs to be and manage that. Right. You got to manage your cost of goods, get you that gross margin and then manage your operating expenses. You know, that's stuff, the operating expenses are stuff we can control. So it all plays into that. I guess my, my, my point behind the cost per acquisition is that if you can figure all that out and it makes sense to the bottom line, then all you got to do is throw more money at it, right? If you've got a profitable funnel or multiple funnels, whatever that is, whether, whether it's online or offline, yep. and you know your cost per acquisition where it has to be, you can go strike deals and you know you can give them 10% of whatever to get that cost per acquisition to 400 bucks. Right. Um, so, you know, um, but th then again, you just, you just, you just throw money on it, right. You, you just, right. you know, that's how Turn you, that's how you up. scale, right. <laughs> yeah. If you don't know that stuff, it's hard to scale. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta have the viable lead source, track the numbers and pour the gasoline on. Okay. Um, I've got a question for you about book books. What would you recommend as far as a book recommendation for a six figure business owner? I got to be honest with you. I don't read a lot of business books anymore. I, okay. I find a lot of them boring. Um, probably the most impactful book I've ever read that I, I refer back to on a regular basis. I read it 15 years ago and it may sound kind of cliche, but it's, it's how to, how to win friends and influence people. You know, when I read it at the time, some of the stuff was like, Oh yeah, of course. 
but there's some tricks in there and some other stuff that when you walk into a room with someone who's kind of cold to you, who, who you don't know, but you're trying to enroll them into your program, um, you can you can really kick down some barriers with some of these things. And business is about relationships. If you want to build some of these relationships I've been talking about, people have to like you. They have to trust you. Um, so that's that's one of those books I just I constantly kind of refer back to in my head that, OK, you know, do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, phenomenal book. Last question here for you, Matt. Um, I want to know if you could whisper in the younger Matt's ear, what would you tell him? Oh man, you're gonna make me cry. Uh, I guess I would say that, um, you know, everything's gonna be all right. You know, Um, you're a good person. You're gonna be happy. You're gonna have a fulfilled life. Um, Yeah. Cause you know, there's a lot of stress that comes, you know, uh, as a kid and, um, a lot of uncertainty in, in certain situations. Um, yeah. So, you know, just, just reassuring that person that things are going to be good. Yeah. You know? Do you think that that would have given you confidence through a couple of tough times? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, there's, there's those, those times in, uh, in a younger life when you kind of, you're walking a path alone and you, you feel alone. Um, yeah. So yeah, certainly. <laughs> Yeah, I not to, you know, like you said, not to, you know, make it too cliche, but um, we don't get those moments, unfortunately. But the mindset of sharing those things, it should bring that perspective forward for the listener even right now, right? Like they're maybe younger, quote unquote, than us in their business journey. Um, And so maybe you've just gifted that same confidence to to someone here today. Um, But I still think that you and I can take that same confidence going forward because- There's a lot yet to have for you and I. And so uh, just, I just love the perspective, love the mindset. Um, like I told you, our stories are, are somewhat similar, seeing this uh, investor mindset more so of a, rather than a business um, builder, maybe more of a, of a high level uh, investor um, mindset, which I just, I just so appreciate because you can, you can still get things done by pulling certain levers without actually having to do it. And um, I've just been that guy. I just did for so long. Um, when you learn the lever of winning friends and influence from people, <laughs> uh, you can build teams and you can, and you can build structure and you can build frameworks and all the things that you've discussed with us here today. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. How can the listener connect with you, Matt? Maybe they want to learn some of these frameworks. Maybe they want to see you at a conference. Maybe they want to just chat with you. How can they find you? Well, I have a very common name, Matt Walker. So you go search Matt Walker on LinkedIn. You're going to you're probably pull up, you know, 5,000 people. Uh-huh. But, um, I have uh, my companies. I'll, you can always submit a uh, contact through my company. So greenfieldpaper.com. Greenfield Paper is my paper company. Uh, my Hair Transplant MD is my hair transplant company. Uh, I've got a company called Seaport Assets. You can contact me there. Uh, or you can send me an email, uh, Matt, M-A-T-T, at seaportassets.com. Love it. Well, I know the right ones will reach out. And um, you've just been incredible. Uh, we'll put all that in the show notes as well so they can easily connect with you. And uh, dude, we wish you nothing but blessing, whether it's from the golf course or hanging out with your children, like you said, or buying another business. Uh, we wish, wish you nothing but the best. Thank you for being here, man. Thanks, Chaz. I appreciate it, man. Thanks for listening to Gathering the Kings. We hope you got a ton of value today and learned a thing or two about taking your business to seven figures and beyond. If you desire more and want a community around you to help you get there, I want you to go to gatheringthekings.com. That's gatheringthekings.com. And I want you to apply for our next Becoming a King 90-Day Intensive. 
We are extremely exclusive by nature as a group. What that means is that we're really wanting only the entrepreneurs who take their business and targets super serious to apply. So if that's you, you think you got what it takes to level up your business, I want you to go to gatheringthekings.com and apply. And we will see you on the other side.